want you to we want you to be there tonight at five o'clock if you can. Just bring something to drink, bring your favorite side, bring some cookies, bring yourself. We don't care. But we just want you to be there. We're gonna have a good time and hang out at Lake Crook tonight at five PM. So we want you to know about that. Also, about a month ago we announced that uh, the church has officially purchased and closed on property that is going to be our first permanent location for our church, which is exciting. It's exciting. It's downtown, which is where we really feel called to be uh, as a church and, and reach out in this area. And so we are scheduling uh, here in a couple of weeks, we're going to be scheduling. We have permits and things to start demolition and start removing things and, and getting that all out of the way because that's the first thing we need to do. But really the first thing that we want to do is invite you this Thursday at six o'clock. We're going to meet on campus there at that location. And before we put our hands to anything that God's blessed us with, we want to pray over that building and over that lot and over everything that is going to happen there before any renovation and construction and, and demo, anything like that starts. And so we're inviting you to join us this Thursday night, the 28th, at 6 o'clock. It's not going to be this long, drawn-out thing, but we're going to gather together and just give back to God what he's given to us and believe that he's going to bless it and that there's not going to be any, any crazy stuff that's going to happen. And when you show up, you're going to need to use your imagination. And so you're going to need to have some vision. Everybody say vision. <laughs> You're going to need to have some vision. We have we have vision. So when you get there, don't look at it and be like, oh, dear God, <laughs> what church did we decide to go to? Uh, we have some big vision. So when you get there, take some pictures, take a long, hard look at it, because by the time we get done with it, it's going to look way different than what it does. And it's going to be a blessing. And uh, I believe we're going to continue to grow and God's going to do incredible things when we get moved into that facility permanently. Amen. All my set up people said, amen. Amen. Uh, another thing we want you to be aware of is July the 8th through the 12th, if you have kids that are four years old through they just finished fourth grade, so they just got out of fourth grade anywhere in that age group, we are combining with another church in our community to provide VBS for our kids. And so it's going to be the 8th, 9th, 10th, 11th, and 12th. That's a Sunday through Thursday from 6 in the evening until 845. And so we're going to be getting you more information about that. But what we do need from you is each child that you want to be a part of VBS, we need you to fill out a registration form for them. And you can get registration forms at Kids Check-In. So on the Kids Check-In table, their information uh, is there. The registration form is there. It'll only take you a couple of seconds to fill that out uh, with your kids' information, and we'll get all of this collected. And you'll be able to do that, either do that today when you pick your kids if you haven't done it already, or you can do it next Sunday when you show up and check your kids in. You can take a moment and do that. We're excited about that. It's going to be a great time for our kids and for our workers. And the last thing I want to make mention of before we get into the conclusion of our current series is beginning next week, I'm excited because we are jumping into a series that we're calling At the Movies at the movies and so for a few weeks in July we're gonna be looking at some some current movies and watching different clips of movies come on does anybody like going to the movies anybody like going to the movies I like going to the movies there's a movie out right now that I wanna go see I'm just gonna be honest with you uh, and some of you have already seen it and I'm so jealous but we, we thought man let's just bring the movies to Impact Church and let's throw in some different elements and let's have fun this summer in a series that we're calling At The Movies. And so we want you to be sure and be here beginning next Sunday morning right here at 9.30 or 11.15. And I believe you're going to have a great, great, great time as we pull some principles out of these clips and movies together and learn from them. All right. So as I mentioned over the last six weeks, we've been in a series that we called Snapshot. 
And this has been one of our longer series. Most of the time we do three to, to five weeks on a series. This one ends today, which is week six. But I believe that it was important for us to get these areas of life. Because what we've been doing is taking different areas of our lives or different areas of our faith, things that we may not understand or we don't fully understand, and we're trying to better understand them. Because a lot of us, whenever we give our life to Jesus, or we're, we're you know, deciding, do we want to be a Christian, do we not, do we, you know, like, what, what is this all about? We have these questions, and it's like, well, I don't understand that. What is that all about? Well, what am I allowed to do here? And all these different scenarios. And so we've tried to pick out six that I believe would help us the most. And I know there are many. We could do this series for an entire year and never touch on everything that we all have questions about. But we try to take six things that are really important and help us better understand him. And so we've talked about the Holy Spirit. We've talked about control. We've talked about the fruit of the Spirit. We've talked about honor. And then last week we talked about community. And I want to encourage you. Go on wherever you if, you, if you listen to podcasts, go on your podcast app, whatever that is, search Impact Church Podcast. You can subscribe to our podcast and always have the message right there. Or you can go on our Facebook page and go back in the video archive and you can see all the messages that we've done uh, for like the last year, year and a half, something like that. And I encourage you to go back in whatever form you want. And if you missed one of these messages or you missed something in a series, go back and watch it. Go back and listen to it. Maybe there was something that stuck out to you. I believe that it has the potential and the power to really set us up for success in life when we understand these things about the Bible or when we understand these things about the Holy Spirit or about our lives or these different areas. And so I encourage you to go back and get that information. And today, as we conclude this series, I want to talk to you on this subject. I've titled the message today, My Big Fat Mouth. My Big fat mouth. Come on, look at look at your neighbor. Look at the person next to you. Tell him you have a big fat mouth. <laughs> unless it's your unless it's your wife, and then look at them and say you have such a beautiful mouth. <laughs> My big fat mouth. Come on, we all have we all have a big fat mouth, don't we? And I I was thinking about it as I was preparing for this uh, over the last couple of weeks. And have you ever been trying to make a decision and Everyone around you is giving you advice or their opinion on your decision. You ever been trying to decide? You, t- you share with somebody, it's like, well, we're just trying to make this decision, and we just really don't know what to do. Well, let me tell you what you should do. And, y- you know, it's like there are people in your life that they just have an opinion about everything. They have an opinion about everything that's going on in your life. And so when you're trying to make a decision, they're giving you their opinion on how you should make the decision, what the decision should be made based on. what. The, like some of them even tell you what to do. Like, this is a decision you should make. And it's like, well, I don't know if you're Jesus or not, but <laughs> I'm trying to hear from him. Amen. <laughs> don't get me wrong. I know God can send people to confirm things, but but you know what I'm talking about. Or maybe you, you asked one person. You ever been here? You asked one person a question and another person tried to answer your question? Not even the person you were talking to. <laughs> like I'm asking you a question, and then somebody just steps in. Well, you know, I just couldn't help but overhear <laughs> what you were talking about. And I just feel like I needed, you know, I'm just so wise that I needed to give you my wisdom in this area of your life. Come on, you know, you're laughing because you know it's true. And if you're not laughing, it's because you don't understand it because you're probably that person. But that's another message in and of itself. Or have you ever met the person who always has a solution to your problem? No matter what it is, like no matter what it is, lawnmower breaks down. Well, I know, I, I, well, I know what we should do with that. 
get in an argument with your spouse. Well, I just, let me tell you what you should do. He's like, they always have the solution to your problem. No matter what your problem is, they've got the fix. <laughs> well, let me just... Well, let me just tell you what you should. Well, if I was in your shoes, this is what I would do, which is a roundabout way of saying if you don't do what I'm going to tell you to do, I'm going to be offended because you didn't do what I told you to do. Come on, you know what I'm talking about. We use this language and this verbiage, and then we get offended when somebody doesn't take our advice or doesn't take our opinion the way that we thought they should because we know that we have the answer to everybody's problem. <laughs> or maybe maybe you've encountered the person who commented on everybody's life. They have a comment on everybody, like everybody, well, you know, well, they're well, they're dating, and, you know, well, this is what I really think about them dating. You know, I don't think that she's right for him at all. And, the, and, and you start into this conversation, and they comment on every person's life. Like, nobody's off limits. I don't even know you, but I'm just commenting on your life. I'm just sharing information about your life with other people. Or... <laughs> Maybe you've, you've been like me and you've decided to give your opinion to someone who was driving on the road, but they weren't quite driving the way that you thought they should be driving. <laughs> and so you just want to let them know because you're just trying to help them, right? We're just trying to help people. We're just trying to help them understand how they should actually be driving the right way, like the biblical way that they should drive, right? And so we're giving them, <laughs> so we're giving them hand signals, you know, like go to heaven and and all kinds of stuff because, and we're yelling, and they can't, they can't, they, they can't, y'all got to dial back in now. And they can't, you know, they can't hear us because there's two panes of glass, and so we're yelling at them, hoping that maybe they can hear as we're driving 75 miles an hour down the road. And it, it's crazy because, and here's the reason why we do that, because nobody's a better driver than me. Nobody's a better driver than you. And so when you're driving, come on, we had to go to Dallas two times in the last couple of weeks. And I'm like, get me out of Dallas. Like, the outskirts are okay. I can get around in there. Downtown, I'm like, these people are crazy. <laughs> these people are absolutely nuts that live in downtown or work in downtown Dallas. I'm like, I don't know how you live here because none of you know how to drive. <laughs> right? You just merge. Like, there's nowhere to merge. <laughs> Stop trying to merge. Come on, you feel my pain. <laughs> Stop. <laughs> Stop trying to get over this. Happened to us just this last week. I'm like, there's no room. <laughs> I don't know what, like, I don't know. And then you have the people that whenever there's road construction and everybody's in one lane and you have the one car that, like, <laughs> flies past everybody. And then they're like, and they get all the way to where they have to get over and they're, like, signal on, you know, just trying to inch their way in. I'm like, you can wait in line. Like, everybody else just waited in line because we're all, thank you. Y'all going to help me preach today. <laughs> anyway, I got to get back on track. But we do. We think we're the best driver in the world. And everybody else is crazy and they don't know how to drive. And so we're going to give them our opinion on how they should be driving their vehicle. Or maybe somebody's ever, maybe somebody's given you advice or their opinion. And maybe you even asked for it. And then after the conversation, you felt worse about your situation than what you did going in. It's like, I really feel like I'm supposed to share this with you, and this is kind of where I'm at or whatever. And then they start talking, and then you're like, by the end of it, you're like, well, I don't even, like, I feel worse than I did before I even brought this to you. So I don't know what the point of that was, right? Or here's something that we all, we've all struggled with at some point in our lives. You ever been wounded by what someone said to you? 
anybody ever said anything about you or said something to you that, that seriously wounded you? And we don't easily forget the wounding things that people say to us, do we? When somebody says something that really hurts us, we don't easily forget what they said. Just last week, we were at an event, and, and one, of, one of my kids, I was, you could tell something was wrong. And so I was asking them, you know, what's going on? What's wrong? You okay? And, and they went on to tell me about while we were at this event, this other kid that was saying something to them that was hurtful and hateful and all this other stuff. And how many of you know if you're a parent, or even if you're not a parent, it's just somebody close to you, something on the inside of you just starts to, you know, you're like, maybe we need to go find their parents. <laughs> you know? Maybe we, need to, maybe we need to figure out how we can work this situation out. Because I have some ideas in mind on how we can work this thing out, right? Come on, sometimes you just got to do what you got to do. <laughs> but something just something just starts to rise up. Because we don't, when somebody, when something is said to us or about us or about somebody we care about or to somebody we care about, and it wounds us and it hurts us, we don't easily forget what was said. Like, I can get into a fight with you physically, and in three weeks we may be okay. But if we start lashing out and saying hurtful things to each other, it's going to take a lot longer than three weeks for us to get back to the place where we need to be. Come on, you ever been there with your spouse and you get into an argument and you're saying things and then you look back and it's like, golly, I shouldn't have said what I said. Because once it's out there, you can't ever take back what you just said. And I wonder why it is that that when it's physical hurt or different things like that, that we can eventually pass it, but we have such a struggle getting past words that hurt us. It's such a struggle to move past or to, to reconcile a relationship with somebody who has hurt us with their words. It's a different, it's a different thing. It's why what I mentioned a couple of weeks ago, the old saying that sticks and stones can break my bones but words will never hurt me is the biggest lie you've ever heard. Because we can recover from physical pain but when it's something that somebody said, when it's something that somebody spoke to us, it's a lot harder to get past that. It's a lot harder to forget that. It's a lot harder to find ourselves ready to forgive somebody for what they have said to us. I, I love that the Bible, out of all the things that it talks about, it even talks about our big fat mouths. And there are a few places in the Word where it talks about this, and I'm going to pull a couple of them out, and then we're going to talk about them. And I'm going to give you, at the end of this, I'm going to give you some practical things that we can do to help us in the area of what we say. Some practical things, but we're going to build up to it and get there, and I want to read some Scripture because I wonder a lot of times why we say the stupid, hurtful things that we do or why other people say hurtful things to us. And so I want to start today in James chapter 3, and we're going to read 12 verses here, and starting in verse 1, you can follow along on the screen. It says, My brothers and sisters, most of you shouldn't want to be, to be teachers. You know that those of us who teach will be held more accountable. All of us get tripped up in many ways. Suppose someone is never wrong in what he says. Then he is a perfect man. He is able to keep his whole body under control. We put a bit in the mouth of a horse to make it obey us. We can control the whole animal with it. And how about ships? They are very big. They are driven along by strong winds, but they are steered by a very small rudder. 
It makes them go where the captain wants to go. In the same way, the tongue is a small part of the body, but it brags a lot. Think about how a small spark can set a big forest on fire. The tongue also is a fire. The tongue is the most evil part of the body. Let me just pause there for a minute and let that sink in. The tongue, your mouth, is the most evil part of your body. It's the most evil part of your body. It pollutes the whole person. Your mouth will pollute everything about you. It'll pollute everything about you. And we're going to talk more about this in just a moment. It sets a person's whole way of life on fire. And the tongue is set on fire by hell. People have controlled all kinds of animals, birds, reptiles, and creatures of the sea. They still control them. But no one can control the tongue. It is an evil thing that never rests. It is full of deadly poison. With our tongues, we praise our Lord and Father. With our tongues, we call down curses on people. We do it even though they have been created to be like God. Praise and cursing come out of the same mouth. My brothers and sisters, it shouldn't be that way. Can fresh water and salt water flow out of the same spring? My brothers and sisters, can a fig tree bear olives? Can a grapevine bear figs? Of course not. And a salt water spring can't produce fresh water either. No one can tame the tongue. No one. It says that your mouth is the most evil part of your body. And the reason being is because what your mouth does corrupts everything else about you. What you say corrupts everything else about you. And, and this writer tells us that we can control many things. We can control all animals. We can steer a ship by this little bitty rudder. We can do all this stuff, but no one can tame the tongue. This is why we say stupid things sometimes, and we look back and we think, I shouldn't have said that. And like we mentioned in week one of this series, the Holy Spirit, who wants to, to help us know what to say and what not to say, a lot of times we step into a situation and we start it with, well, I shouldn't say this, but. And that's the Holy Spirit trying to help you know what you should and should not say in that moment. And then a lot of times we go on and we say what we're going to say and, oh, I shouldn't have said that. I shouldn't have said that. I shouldn't have said that. It's because nobody, no matter how hard we try, no one can tame the tongue. No one can tame their mouth. And I want to look at another verse, just one verse, that many of us have heard before, but I want to take this verse and build off of it today and give us some practical things that we can start doing to help us in this area of our lives. This is Proverbs 18, verse 21. It says, Your tongue has the power of life and death. Those who love to talk will eat the fruit of their words. And we read this verse, and maybe you've read this before, you've heard this quoted before, you've, you've heard someone preach on this before, I don't know, but we hear something like this and we're like, man, I can see how that's true because I remember the things that people said to me that spoke death over me and I've been wounded by their words, and it's been 15 years, and I still remember what they said. And so we believe something like this, but my question is, why do our actions not line up with what we believe? 
So we read this verse and we're like, oh, that's good. You know, preach it. Whew, Solomon writing those Proverbs. Mm, Proverbs 18:21. Death and life and the power of the tongue. Come on, you hear that? That's good stuff. And then when we go to work on Monday, we say hurtful things about people or to people. Or we get in an argument with our spouse and instead of taking a moment to gather our thoughts and, and thinking before we speak, we say hurtful things. So why do, we, why do we say all these hurtful things when we believe that our mouths are powerful? We believe that life and death is in the power of what we say, but we don't act on it. And so I want to give us some ways that we can begin to act on what we say we believe. When we read this verse, we believe that it's true. So we need to figure out some ways that we can act on it because our words carry a lot of weight. In fact, this verse takes it even a step farther when it says that people, can you throw that verse, you got it up there, man, you just, production team just, just killing it. Look at what this says, your tongue has the power of life and death, period. See, that's the part we hear quoted all the time. Life, death, and the power of your tongue. That's the part we hear that we quote, that, that when somebody says something hateful to us, well, life and death and the power of your tongue. But, but I want us to pay attention to what it says after that. Those who love to talk will eat the fruit of their words. Do you like to talk? Do you like to talk? Because those who love to talk will eat the fruit of of their words. So what you say is what will come back to you. And you will end up eating the fruit from the things that you have spoken. So the things that you speak about other people, you'll eat the fruit from those words. The things that you speak about yourself, you will eat the fruit of what you say. What you are saying over yourself, when you self-talk, when you talk to yourself, what do you say? Because whatever you say is what you will eat later. Whatever you say is planting a seed that will grow and produce fruit, and you will eat the fruit from the tree of the things that you said. And so I love that it says that. Those who love to talk will eat the fruit of their words. There are no exceptions. What you say has power, and it matters. What you say matters. Don't let anybody ever tell you that what you say does not matter because everything that you say matters. Everything. Otherwise, this is all a lie. If there are some things that you can say that don't matter, then this is a lie. Everything that you say matters. And in some instances, the way that you say things even matters. Because you can speak something to somebody in a hateful way and get your point across, but you didn't do anybody any good. And you're still going to eat the fruit of the things that you say. And so I want to give us some practical application. Because if what we say really matters the way that the Bible says it does, then chances are we need to learn how to think before we speak. We need to learn how to think before we say something to somebody else, before we speak over ourselves, before we talk to ourselves in the morning. Come on, you wake up in the morning and you say something to yourself every day. Whether it's, well, I look fat in these jeans. <laughs> oh, I'm dreading today because today's going to be a hard day at work. I know I got this coming up. 
Oh, just the story of my life. Of course, I have a text as soon as I wake up. Come on, you're saying something to yourself every day when you wake up. But what are you speaking over yourself? I believe there are some questions we need to learn to ask ourselves before we speak. Come on, I said before we speak. Before. Because we're all good at saying something and then coming back and be like, oh, I shouldn't have said that. You know, yeah, I should have thought before I spoke. But once it's out there, it's out there. So we need to learn to think before we speak. And so I want to give you five questions that I believe will help us think before you speak. And I want you to write these down if you're taking notes. And, and statistics show that 98% of people that take notes automatically go to heaven. So, so you need to, I don't know what happens to the other 2%, but 98% of people that take notes will automatically go to heaven no matter what. And so you need to take notes today in church so you can write these down and remember them later on because you're going to need them later on so five questions we can't pick and choose the first one is the foundation of all of them and here it is is it truthful question number one is it truthful is what i'm about to say the truth and i'm not talking about your version of the truth can I get in your business for just a moment? Because we say things a lot of times and we call it truth, but really it's just how we felt about it. Well, it was truth to me because that's what I think about that situation. That doesn't mean that it is the truth. We need to make sure that it is 100% truth before we speak it over ourselves. Come on, we need to know what God says about us so that we can speak the truth over us. Is it truthful? Is what I'm about to say, if I'm about to talk negatively to myself, is that the truth? No, because God tells me what the truth is in his word, and I need to be speaking the truth. So is it truthful? Is it truthful? Most of the things we say are the truth are really just our opinions that we feel are right sometimes. And we need to make sure that we are always speaking the truth. And if it's not the absolute truth, then we should squash it before we even move on. Here's what I'm saying. If what you're about to say to yourself or to somebody else is not 100% the truth, then you don't need questions two through five. You just need to shut up right then. If I could just be bold. <laughs> if it's not the truth, then there's no point in even going on to the next four questions. We, it's, it, we need to make sure that it's always the truth. That is always the truth. And then here's the second question. Is it helpful? Is it helpful? Is what I'm about to say going to be helpful or is it going to be harmful? Because we can speak the truth but not help anybody. You know what I'm talking about? People, you just say, well, I just, I just tell the truth. That's just what I do. I just tell the truth. You know, I'm just going to tell it like it is. I'm just going to tell the truth. Well, yeah, but that doesn't always help. Just because you know what the truth is doesn't mean that it's helpful for you to tell me because sometimes timing is everything and sometimes God preparing somebody's heart is everything before you speak the truth into somebody's life so you need to stop and ask yourself is this going to be helpful or is this going to be harmful because you can't speak the truth just because it's the truth well it's just the truth and that's just what I do I just tell the truth I just tell the truth well you may not have a lot of friends if that's the way you look at it as well, it's just truthful. That's my one question. Is it truthful? Yep, I'm going to say it. You need to also say, is it going to help somebody or is it going to be harmful to somebody? 
sometimes speaking the truth in the wrong way or at the wrong time can be more harmful than helpful. And so we need to make sure that even in speaking the truth, we are doing it to be helpful to the person or the situation. Here's the third question. Is it inspirational? Is it inspirational? Is what I'm about to say going to build up or is it going to tear down? Am I going to inspire somebody to, to live better? Am I going to inspire somebody to rise to another level? Is what I'm about to say meant to inspire somebody or is it meant to tear somebody down? Because even though it's the truth, I can still speak the truth in a way that tears you down. And it's important for me to be able to speak the truth in a way that builds you up and that builds me up. Come on, when you're talking to yourself, are you inspiring yourself to rise to another level? Or are you tearing yourself down with your words? And only you know what you speak to yourself because we don't verbalize it a lot of time. A lot of times it's in our mind. We're having these thoughts and we have this, this, this self-talk and this conversation going on with ourselves. Well, I'm, not, I'm really not. I, don't, I know I'm not ever going to be good enough to do that. And I know I'm not ever going to. What are you saying to yourself? Are you building yourself up or are you tearing yourself down? And we've all been around people at some point before who only tore people down with their words. Aren't, aren't, isn't that an exhausting place to be? Is around somebody that only has something negative to say? There's never any building up. There's ne It's always just pointing out what's wrong, pointing out what's wrong, pointing out what's wrong. Well, I just feel that's my calling in life, to just point out what's wrong. <laughs> I don't think that God gives that calling, to just point out what's wrong. I think there's more to it than pointing out what's wrong. But building up and tearing down, it's important that we ask ourselves, is it going to build them up? Is it going to tear down? And a lot of times I believe that we do these things and we tear people down, whether it's intentionally or unintentionally, we do it a lot of times because it helps us feel better. It just does. Whether we mean for it to or not, we get in a, we get in a, come on, you ever been in a funk or you've been in a place and all you could think about was what you didn't like about everybody? Why do you think that is? Because you're trying to make yourself feel good. I don't like the place I'm in. The reason I'm saying this about you is because I really don't like me right now. And the only thing, my, my coping mechanism for not liking me and trying to make me feel better is to maybe point out something in you that makes me feel like I'm not as bad or makes me feel like, well, I'm on it. Well, at least I'm not like them. Well, at least I'm not. Well, it's all, it's all the same. Are you building people up or are you tearing people down with your words? Are you building yourself up or are you tearing yourself down with the things that you say? Here's the next question. So is it truthful? Is it helpful? Is it inspirational? Is it necessary? Is it necessary? Okay, it's the truth. It might help them. I'm really meaning it to build them up. But is it necessary? Is it really necessary for me to say what I'm about to say? Is it necessary for me to say this about myself? Is it necessary for me to say this about them? And if it's not necessary, then why do I need to say it? If it's not necessary, if I ask myself this, is it necessary? Well, that's really not necessary. Then why would I go forward and go ahead and say what is not even necessary and risk hurting somebody, risk tearing somebody down, 
risk the wrong timing because it's not necessary. It might be the truth, but that doesn't mean it's necessary for you to say it. I'm going to say it again. It might be the truth, but that doesn't always mean that it's necessary for you to say it. You go up to somebody and, and, well, I've just been seeing this or whatever, and that person might be like, it's really not necessary for you to say that because God has already been working on me. And if you had stopped and asked yourself, is this really necessary, God probably would have shown you or he probably would have said, you know, nah, it's not really the time right now because I've already been working this out with God and I already have somebody else in my life that I've been talking to about this. And so it really wasn't necessary for you to point that out to me. Because come on, does anybody know, not know, What's wrong with them? I'm just waiting for the perfect person to raise their hand. We all know what's wrong with us. And so we need to ask ourselves when we're talking to other people, is it necessary? And even when we're talking to ourselves, is it necessary for me to be talking this way to myself? Because there's power in my words. And if I believe it, I need to think before I speak. We need to make sure it's necessary. And here's the last question. Is it kind? Is it kind? Is what I'm about to say going to encourage or discourage? Because to encourage means to add courage. To discourage means I'm going to take courage away. So when I'm speaking to you, am I trying to add courage to you? Or am I taking courage away from you? When I talk to myself, am I putting more courage in me? Am I encouraging myself and who God says I am and that I can do all things through Christ and that God works everything together for my good? Am I encouraging myself or am I taking courage away from me by the things that I'm speaking to myself? Am I encouraging or discouraging? I want to bring the worship team back up as we wrap this up. Five questions to ask ourselves before we speak. And I want to look at them again. Can we put all of them up there? Truthful. Is it truthful? Is it helpful? Is it inspirational? Is it necessary? And is it kind? And look at what we spelled. Think. Think before you speak. If you'll take, there are, there are tons of questions we could ask ourselves before we say something to somebody or before we speak to ourselves. But if you can remember the word think, and you wrote these things down because 98% of people that take notes go to heaven. If you have something to reflect on, I need to think before I speak. This is an opportunity for me to think before I speak. This is a situation where I need to stop and think before I speak. I need to ask, I need to ask myself, is this truthful? Is this going to be helpful? Is this going to inspire them? to be better is this really even necessary for me to say this and is what I'm about to say is it kind am I trying to encourage somebody or am I trying to take courage away from somebody will you stand to your feet today it's my prayer and my hope that through this series that we have a better understanding of some different areas of our lives that's my prayer is that over the last six weeks that we have learned something, that we have a different perspective on some of these things, if not all of these things, and especially today, because no matter what people say, no matter what, 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 what somebody tries to, to tell you, your words matter.
They just do. It's just an absolute. It's just an absolute. And you can, and if you need proof, you can look at your own life for the proof. Because we can all remember when somebody said something hurtful and it wounded us. We can remember when we said something to somebody else and immediately thought, oh, I shouldn't have said that. And that relationship is still strained because of something that we said when if we had taken the time to stop and think before we spoke, it could have changed everything. Think before you speak. Think before you speak. Will you bow your heads and close your eyes? Maybe there are some, maybe there are one or two of these things that you think, you know, man, that's some stuff I need to work on. Maybe all five of them. Maybe you need to start with question one and start working your way down the list before you say something to somebody. You need to take time and pause and just in your mind think about these five questions before you speak to yourself, before you speak to other people, before you give advice, before you give your opinion. And what I want you to do in this moment, we're going to sing a song here in just a moment. We're going to worship together one more time. But in this moment, I just want you to ask the Holy Spirit to say, Holy Spirit, what are you speaking to me through this message? What is it that you want me to do? What is it that you're pointing out to me? What is it that you're highlighting to me today that I need to work on? Holy Spirit, what are you speaking to me through this message? I want to invite the prayer team to come down. And as you're asking that question, and I believe the Holy Spirit, if you'll ask that question, he'll speak to you. He'll tell you. You'll know in your heart. You'll, you'll just feel it in your heart. You'll know what it is that you need to work on. You'll remember an instance when you didn't do this and how you could have done it better. He'll, he'll show you. In a loving way, he'll show you. And he'll teach you to think before you speak. Because our words have power. And as you're asking that question, we're going to sing one final song today. And we're going to celebrate the love of our Father. We're going to celebrate the love of Jesus. We're going to celebrate how much God loves us and how he chased us down. But as we're doing that, if you need prayer for anything in your life, anything in your life, it could be something to do with what we talked about today. It could be a financial struggle. It could be something going on in your marriage. It could be a job situation. It could be a decision you're trying to make. It could be anything. We all need prayer from time to time. Every person in this room has needed prayer at some time or another, myself included. We all need prayer. So don't be ashamed to come for prayer. Coming for prayer is not, is not a shameful thing. It's, it's A lot of times it's dropping our pride and saying, you know what, I just need somebody to stand with me. I need somebody to pray for me. I need somebody to just encourage me in this moment. I need somebody to help me know which direction to go. I need somebody to just be there for me. So as we begin to sing this last song, if that's you and you need prayer for anything in your life, we invite you to come for prayer. Not anything weird going to happen. We're just going to pray for you and encourage you. And for the rest of us, we're going to worship God together. We're going to lift our hands we're going to give Jesus our, our highest praise. We're going to thank him for the love that he has for us. Amen. God, I thank you right now for your word. Lord, I thank you for this time that we have together to, to pray for each other and to encourage each other. Holy Spirit, I pray that you would speak to our hearts in this moment and that you would draw every person today who needs prayer in Jesus' name. Amen.